Here begins a trio of three articles by Lauren Martincheck. The first is called, In the Midst of COVID-19, Elites Have Begun to Prepare for the Uprising. Maybe it's time we do too. In the wake of a global pandemic that has left 90,000 people dead and brought tens of millions of people to their knees financially here in the United States, it should go without saying that in the richest nation on earth, the citizens should be able to look to the government for some relief during these unprecedented and traumatic times. One need only look at the HEROES Act that recently passed the Democratic Majority House of Representatives for the latest example of how our government has failed to take well-being of the American people into consideration. No Paycheck Guarantee Act, no recurring $2,000 checks for the duration of the crisis, no automatic stabilizers, and no improvements to ensure people get the relief they need more quickly and efficiently. With a record 30 million people filing for unemployment over the past couple of months and losing health insurance along with their jobs, at a time when 78% of Americans were living paycheck to paycheck before the crisis even began, desperation is growing with each passing day. Government inaction makes it increasingly clear that we will be starved into submission. The people who have made this the richest, most profitable country on the planet will be sent back to work risking not only their lives and health, but that of their family and friends as well, while the government hands the taxpayer money that our labor generated to big banks and corporations. At the same time that Amazon CEO Jeff Bezos is reportedly projected to become the world's first trillionaire, his company has cut the measly $2 an hour hazard pay for his workers. The American government and the elites who they work for are playing with fire, so no wonder they've begun to prepare for the uprising that's coming. Lee Fong at The Intercept writes, The federal government has ramped up security and police-related spending in response to the coronavirus pandemic, including issuing contracts for riot gear, disclosures show. The purchase orders include requests for disposable cuffs, gas masks, ballistic helmets, and riot gloves, along with law enforcement protective equipment for federal police assigned to protect Veterans Affairs facilities. The orders were expedited under a special authorization in response to COVID-19 outbreak. So George Floyd was murdered on May 25th. This article was written on May 18th. So the point is the assholes saw it coming. The Veterans Affairs Department, which manages nearly 1,500 healthcare facilities around the country, has also extended special contracts for coronavirus-related security services. While the pandemic has coincided with a historic drop in violent crime across the country, analysts have expressed concern that the rapid spread of the virus will fuel confrontations. There have been multiple inmate riots in response to COVID-19 outbreaks in prisons and jails, which have become dangerous hotspots for the disease. The economic upheaval and disagreements over coronavirus-related policy have also fueled demonstrations across the country. The federal funding requests contrast sharply with the rosy rhetoric from President Donald Trump, who has lavished himself with praise for his response to the crisis and issued optimistic predictions that recovery is right around the corner. Last month, the federal government secured a contract to purchase 100,000 body bags to dispose of deaths related to the COVID-19 outbreak. I don't know if you've seen the pictures of the semi-trucks backed up to pick up all the dead bodies.
Every step along the way as this crisis has unfolded, the American people have been treated as nothing more than collateral damage. Whether it be the Trump administration turning down an offer for millions of masks back in January, Nancy Pelosi seeking to bail out health insurance companies after the bundled donations to the Democratic Party from their lobbyists, or Mitch McConnell saying he has not yet felt the sense of urgency for a new stimulus bill as countless people miss another rent or mortgage payment, at this point it's certainly fair to say that our government's actions or lack thereof have been nothing less than criminal. No wonder Donald Trump has been flexing the military muscle. He thinks it belongs to him. He may end up surprised. If the elites are beginning to prepare for what they clearly know is coming in response to how this crisis has been handled, then perhaps it's time for us to get ready as well. For far too long, as a society, we have been conditioned to shrug our shoulders and accept that there's really nothing we can do. For far too long, we have been conditioned to forget that when a government fails its citizens, as the Declaration of Independence stated, it is our right, it is our duty to throw off such a government. With each passing day, it becomes more and more apparent that we may have no other choice but to do just that. As surreal as it feels to consider, I'm not sure we are in a political or economic situation we'll ever be able to vote ourselves out of, especially knowing that the government is already preparing to defend itself. For months, I haven't been able to shake the feeling that the powers that be have been daring the American people to bring on the pitchforks and guillotines. You and me both. With each escalation of the class warfare being waged against the American people, it's as fascinating as it is frightening to think of what they so clearly see coming right around the corner. Riot or revolution? After the murder of George Floyd, something has begun to shift. So this is May 29th, four days after the murder of George Floyd. I still have not been able to watch the video of the murder of George Floyd. After learning that his last words were a cry for his mother before which he had begged for his life, and seeing the images of his face with Officer Derek Chauvin's knee pressed down on his neck for minutes after he had gone unconscious, I just cannot bring myself to do it. The image of sheer terror in his eyes, coupled with the sounds of his last gasps for air that I heard while listening to my routine podcast, has been drilled permanently into my brain. It's an image I and I'm sure countless others are never going to forget, and has been the catalyst for a series of protests and uprisings all over the country unlike anything this country has seen in years. The third precinct of Minneapolis's police department responsible for George Floyd's murder was surrendered and has been burned to the ground. In Atlanta, the headquarters of CNN is surrounded by protesters and glass surrounding the main entrance is being broken. In light of all the chaos, one thing feels clear. The revolution is here. When I shared a piece of news on my Facebook feed regarding these protesters and the violence they were being met with from the police when it all first started, naturally it sparked a conversation among a few young white men I went to high school with, myself and some friends in the comments below it. There was one line in particular that one of the young white men said that still sticks with me over a full day later. Hasn't Martin Luther King taught these people anything? The weight of those dense, condescending, and telling eight words, funnily enough, encompass exactly why it has come to this. 
I will never fully understand what the black community in America has faced and continues to face. And that white man in the comments on my Facebook feed certainly won't either. Who am I as a young white woman to bring up Martin Luther King in this conversation, especially considering he was threatened by the state and assassinated at the hands of a white man with a gun? He was assassinated by the state. So was John F. Kennedy and so was Malcolm X. I don't know how much longer they're going to keep pretending that those were not state assassinations. Who am I to tell a community that continues to see their brothers and sisters being killed to sit down, be quiet, and just keep asking politely while nothing changes? Who is that white man to tell these protesters how to act when he has never known their pain? I am here to simply listen and stand in solidarity with the protesters on the streets. Having said that, I know I'm far from the only person who sees that this is far bigger than any lone incident of murder at the hands of police, one community, or one precinct. Bree Newsom Bass summed it up best in the 140 characters allotted on Twitter, writing, Everybody who didn't know is seeing America as it truly is right now. Can't provide resources for the pandemic, but has all the resources at the ready to murder civilians in the street and tear gas anyone who objects. Given the rapid progression of these demonstrations in such a short amount of time, I can't shake the feeling that this is the beginning of what so many of us have seen coming for weeks, if not months, even years. 2020, in all likelihood, will go down in the history books as something akin to the fall of Rome for the American Empire. Over 100,000 people died alone in their hospital beds, drowning in their own fluids after succumbing to a virus that ripped through communities to the extent that it did because the President of the United States was more concerned about re-election chances and scaring the markets if he prepared than he was about the health and well-being of his citizens. 40 million people are unemployed, losing health insurance and unable to put food on the table for their families, let alone pay their rent or mortgage payments. It seems as though every other day, whether it be Eric Garner, Freddie Gray, Tamir Rice, Trayvon Martin, Sandra Bland, Breonna Taylor, there is news of yet another unarmed black man or woman being murdered with no justice in the aftermath. This revolution, as surreal as it might feel to see it playing out, should come as no surprise. The United States has long been a ticking time bomb. Something is shifting, and it feels surreal to bear witness to the most powerful house of cards on Earth finally collapsing in its fragility. Remember when Joe Biden said we weren't looking for a revolution? Evidently, that wasn't the case. Given everything that has happened in the last few weeks alone, even in the past few days, it's no surprise that the height of the 2020 Democratic primary seems like an eternity ago. Frankly, I'd be lying if I said that reflecting upon Bernie Sanders' Nevada win and the sincere joy and optimism I felt afterwards isn't painful after everything that's happened since, but now over 100,000 people have died, 40 million people are unemployed, and yet another brutal murder of a black man at the hands of the state sparking widespread protests throughout the country, I can't help remembering when the presumptive Democratic nominee firmly declared the American people weren't looking for a revolution. It's safe to say we're experiencing firsthand the effects of decades upon decades of that very same sentiment that's been coming from the white moderate for far too long, with very little meaningful change to show for it. Today, June 1st, 
Donald Trump addressed the nation and stated that it's his wish for the governors and mayors across the country to establish an overwhelming law enforcement presence until the violence has been quelled. And if they don't, I will deploy the United States military and quickly solve the problem for them. While the President of the United States openly threatens to wage war against his own people, in the meantime, unfortunately, I wasn't surprised to see that Joe Biden's suggestion was to teach cops to shoot people in the leg instead of in the heart. At this point, I'm not sure anyone could deny that both Donald Trump and Joe Biden encapsulate exactly why a revolution has proven to be necessary. 2020 will go down in history as the year where wannabe fascism and the liberal aesthetic that serves no purpose other than to cover it up went head to head and the American people are left here in the aftermath. Make no mistake, no matter the outcome, the country is never ever going to be the way that it was before March. The President of the United States is hiding down in a bunker, coming out only to tell the public that he will not hesitate to gas his own citizens, and his prime opposition still hasn't even uttered the word fascism. The fundamental disconnect between what the American people are demanding and what the Democratic Party is prepared to offer is staggering, and Joe Biden, as he so often does, continues to serve as the living embodiment of that ever-widening and fragile bridge in between. To a room full of top donors, Joe Biden now infamously assured them that nothing will fundamentally change. All personal feelings aside, are even his most ardent supporters prepared to say that he is equipped to rise to the challenges that continue to present themselves on what feels like a daily basis? Challenges that will take years to recover from, if at all? It's not a stretch by any means to suggest that we are on the precipice of becoming a failed state. Is Joe Biden really going to be able to prevent that? I argued yesterday that Joe Biden is the very face of systemic racism. I don't see him doing much, Lauren, to get us out of the mess we're in. As the Democratic Party itself so eloquently displayed when they coalesced around the weakest candidate of the bunch, all in the name of stopping Bernie Sanders, meaningful change isn't going to happen if we just ask politely. Uprising the likes of which we're seeing do not come to fruition for no reason at all. While Joe Biden might insist we don't want a revolution, what else is left for the tens of millions of people who feel as though they have nothing to lose and no one to listen to their concerns? What else is left after centuries of endured trauma, pain, and brutality? Even so, I continue to be amazed by and admire the peace that still prevails among the vast majority of protesters exercising their rights out on their streets, their streets. But with the most powerful man on earth threatening to turn the state's weapons against his own citizens and cops continuing to instigate and antagonize, is Joe Biden still prepared to argue that even a political revolution the likes of which Bernie Sanders proposed is unwanted or uncalled for?